Well, good morning, Exchange, and welcome to our Mother's Day service online. So glad that you have joined us here today. And if you're here for your first time, my name is Ellie, and along with my husband, Mark, we are the lead pastors. And before I get into my Mother's Day message, which I'm super excited about, I just personally want to invite you, if you're coming for the last few weeks or perhaps even for the last year, and you've never done our Exchange Community Track, I want to invite you to be a part of that. You'll find three short videos here on this YouTube channel, or you can go to our website, exchangecc.com, watch them, and then join us on May 23rd at 1 p.m. We're gonna have a luncheon here at the Ministry Center, and if you're not comfortable to meet in person, you can join online, but this is gonna be a great opportunity where we get to meet you, you get to meet some of our team, ask some questions, and then we can work out together how you can best help exchange, become all that is called to be. So register for that. If you want more information, more details, email hello at exchangecc.com. Well, Mother's Day, I've got to tell you, I'm very much in agreement with what Mark just said, that mothers, we need more than one day. We need the entire month. And I love how Rowan said the word tumultuous last week, because that's probably a very, very descriptive word of what this last season has been like. It has been tumultuous for sure. You know, one of the things that I love about the culture at Exchange Community Church is that we hold things that appear in tension together really, really well, and especially on a day like Mother's Day. See, we are celebrating with you if you're celebrating today, but we're also mourning with you if today brings up just that little bit of sadness. And I understand that for some today can be a challenging day. You know, perhaps you're single and you're believing for and you're desiring to get married one day, or perhaps you're trying to get pregnant and you're wondering why that's not been a reality for you, or you've experienced a miscarriage, or your mother has passed away, or perhaps your mother is not nearby, or Perhaps your children are not nearby. I know there's lots of reasons as to why that little tinge can come up in our heart on a day like today. I know for some, we're reminded of loss today. And for others, we're reminded of how good God has been. And I love that exchange holds those two things together really well. For me personally, I actually miss my mother very much. She's alive, but she is in Australia. And COVID has meant that we weren't able to go and see our family last year. And it's looking like we're not going to be able to see them again this year. But one thing is for sure, I am so grateful that I get to celebrate a special day like today with our church family. And there are some amazing, amazing women in our church. And if you haven't had the opportunity to meet some of them, I pray that you do. And I'm just so grateful that Mark is the kind of leader that releases women in our church to be who they've called to be. Because there are some 
amazing women, some incredible women in the Bible. There are so many that I could have shared about today. I could have shared about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And if you haven't yet seen The Chosen, I want to just encourage you to go and see that. I think it's at the end of um, season two, session two or three, however you say it. It was just a profound moment where we get a little bit more glimpse into what it would have been like to be the mother of Jesus. But I don't feel to talk about her today. Could have talked about Ruth or Esther. I mean, after all, they had an entire book of the Bible dedicated to them, to their story. But I did feel like the Lord speak to me that on this Mother's Day, I needed to share the story of Hannah. See, a few weeks ago, Mark said something in his sermon that I just personally cannot shake. And I know that if you heard it, you're probably the same, right? It's just continually running around in your heart and your mind. And he said this, at what point do I get to declare God's silent? At what point do I get to declare God silent? In other words, how long do I give God to answer my prayers? Is it a week? Is it a month? Is it a year? Is a decade way too much? And if a decade has passed, therefore I have the right to declare God silent. Well, the truth of the matter is God is speaking. God is not silent. And none of us have the right or the um, responsibility, if you like, to declare God silent. See, our perception of silence is very, very different to God. Now, I'm sure most mothers, especially if you have little ones, are going to agree with this. What is the one thing we want on Mother's Day? A little bit of peace and quiet, right? Just a little bit of time to myself. Because let's face it, kids are noisy. But that's the fun of having kids in your home, right? There's um, jumping and there's banging and there's breaking and there's laughter. And then there's yelling and shouting. And it's amazing how quickly we go from the laughter to the yelling to the shouting to the crying. I just, it's an awesome thing, right, about having kids, especially little kids, but just sometimes you want a little bit of peace and quiet. I remember when my boys were younger, there is one sound. When you have little kids, there is one sound that, oh my goodness, just scares you like no other sound possibly can. And if you're a parent, you know this sound. It's the sound of silence, that sound of silence. You've probably all been in that um, moment where you know that your kids are playing nicely together, there's chitter chatter and there's laughter and nothing's being broken. And so you sit down to relax, do some work, whatever it is, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh my goodness, it's been quite some time since I've heard any sound, <laughs> since there's been any noise. And that's not a like, oh, isn't that incredible? No, it's like a frantic response. We drop whatever it is that we were doing, go straight into the bedroom. Why? Because sometimes silence <laughs> means that they're getting up to mischief. 
sometimes it means that in that silence there are things going on that we would not want them to be doing. At least when there's noise, right? When there's chitter chatter and laughter, jumping, banging, we know exactly where they are and what they're doing. But in those moments of silence, we have no idea and it can be the most scariest sound ever. Our understanding of silence is not the same as God's understanding. See, we're trying in our frailty, in our humanity, to understand a timeless God. But we're trying to do that from a viewpoint that is very limited in our capacity to understand and fathom time the way God does. So I want to speak today. God is not silent. God is speaking. He is not silent. Repeat after me. God is not silent. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your church. God, I thank you for your children. I thank you, Lord, that the church is strong. I thank you, Lord, that the church is doing exactly what she needs to be doing. She's preaching Jesus. She's being a voice of hope. And Lord, I pray on this Mother's Day, this Mother's Day in 2021, God, that your peace and comfort would be across your church. God, for those who are celebrating, I thank you, Lord, that we get to celebrate with them. And God, for those who are mourning, I thank you, Lord, that you are close and you're nearby. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to 2 Peter, 2 Peter 3 verse 9. And this is a passage of scripture that if you're feeling like God is silent or you're feeling like you're not understanding how his time frame works, this is a great passage of scripture to memorize. It's a great passage of scripture to study. So 2 Peter 3 9, you ready? Let's read together. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Hmm, I love it. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some of us want to count slowness. You see, he's a timeless God, right? And we have a very limited understanding, but scripture says he is not slow to fulfill his promise. You see, we can only see things from our viewpoint, right? What I know, what I understand, which is so limited. But right here in the scripture, we get to hear God's ultimate heart which is what? That no one would perish, that every single human being will come to the place of repentance and acceptance that Jesus Christ is Lord. So he's not slow in fulfilling his promises. In other words, God's not late. He is not late with his promises as you and I might want to measure lateness. So if I'm trying to put a timeline on a timeless God, then obviously God's going to show up at the wrong time every time because it's my time frame. Think about it on a timeless God. He's either going to turn up too early or he's going to turn up too late. The important thing that we remember is that God is always on time. He is perfectly on time because he sees 
the big picture. He sees the beginning from the end. He understands everything. He is not silent. There are times that our prayers are hindered. And there's a bunch of reasons why um, Scripture would talk about why our prayers would be hindered. And I don't want to go into all of them because there's quite a few of them. And there's one that I just want to focus on a little bit today before we get into the story of Hannah as to why our prayers would be hindered sometimes. Now one, this first one, just want to be have a little fun because it is Mother's Day today. And so I think I can get away with sharing this one without any husbands throwing any stones at me. But one little one, all right? You ready? Wives, this one's for you. <laughs> and husbands, this one is for you. But 1 Peter 3, 7, we know that husbands honor your wives as those who share God's life-giving kindness so that nothing will interfere or hinder with your prayers. So husbands, if you're feeling like your prayers are not being answered, they've been hindered or interfered with, then perhaps you need to come back and honor your wife. All right, no one throw anything at me. That one was just for a little fun because it is Mother's Day, so I figured I could get away with it. But on a more serious note, see, in the Western world, we live with a sense of um, valuing, highlighting, appreciating what I can see, touch, feel. The seen realm in our culture is the most important one. But the truth is that in every other culture other than the Western culture, the unseen realm is just as important and just as significant. There are times when things are delayed, when there's an opposition, when you feel like you're praying and you're hitting a wall. And I'm sure many of you understand exactly what it is that I'm talking about. Because there is a spiritual stronghold. It's not seen because it's in the unseen realm. And just because I can't see it with my natural eyes doesn't make it any less real than what I can see, touch and feel with my own eyes. The Bible would refer to this stronghold, the spiritual stronghold, territorial stronghold, if you like, over an area as a principality. And I know Mark is probably going to dig more into this, and there's probably um, something he is much better at than me, but I just really felt like some of us are declaring God silent because we don't understand the spiritual realm, the, the stronghold, those principalities that are over an area. And we think that it's us. We think God is not answering. We think we're just hitting that wall because of something that I haven't done or something I need to do more of. And yet there is a spiritual stronghold, a church I want you to be aware of. And some of you, if you are spiritually aware and spiritually mature, you've probably discerned those principalities. They're an evil ah, power, if you like, and their sole purpose is to oppose Christians. Their sole purpose is to oppose Christians. So if you want a scripture, let's turn to Daniel 10. Daniel in the Old Testament, chapter 10, we're going to read verses 12 and 13. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, from the first day. 
from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God, that will be a message for another time. Your words have been heard. I'm going to press pause for a moment. From the first day you prayed, God heard your prayers. You and I do not get to declare God silent because he is not silent. He hears. From the very first day you prayed, he heard. And it says this, I have come because of your words, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. For 21 days, I heard your prayers and I was trying to come. I was trying to answer. But the stronghold over that area, the prince of Persia, that power, that principality meant that you did not get your answer meant that it felt like the heavens were shut. It felt like you were hitting that wall. There is a stronghold over the Bay Area. And if you've traveled, and like I said, you can discern this kind of thing, then you're probably very much aware. And if you don't have language or words for it, you've probably said things like, gosh, there's a heaviness around the Bay Area. Gosh, it feels like, you know, I can go to Southern California or I can go to other states in the US or other countries and I don't feel this heaviness. It would be a good way to describe it. There is a stronghold over this area, church, that we need to see broken because this is a significant area. Make no mistake, God wants to do something so significant, something so sovereign here in the Bay Area because there has been an enormous amount of evil that has come out of the Bay Area. This is where the porn industry began. This is where the satanic Bible was written, just to mention a few. So you can imagine the spiritual stronghold, those powers, those principalities over this area. But I gotta tell you, it's time, church, to pray into those strongholds and see them broken because we have the authority. We will see miracles in the Bay Area. You know, we're crying out and praying for a revival. The Bay Area has never seen a revival. But Mark and I continually ask God, why would you pick two people like us, so unqualified? But I tell you what, we're more fired up and passionate than ever to begin to see these strongholds broken. They will, they will, they will be broken. We will see a release of miracles, those spiritual gifts that are our promise, our, our, um, our promise in Jesus to see healings. We will start to see healing after healing after healing. Right now, it feels like it's a fight sometimes, but as we see these strongholds break, we're gonna see, oh, those miracles happen. We were leaving for a building in Walnut Creek and it feels like a fight. Right? It feels like every door closes. It feels like there's just this wall of opposition. But I tell you what, those strongholds will break and our prayers will not be hindered. We will see God move in the miraculous ways that I know that you've been crying out to. Church, God is not silent. Sometimes there are principalities and powers that hinder our prayers. And we're going to preach more on this and bring more understanding to this topic. And it makes me so excited that we'll see the prophetic released. We'll see words of knowledge released. All those gifts that God has given his church for today, we will see them released. But let's look at the story of Hannah. You all doing okay? 
Awesome. We're going to look to Hannah. Her story is found in 1 Samuel 1, and we'll pick it up from verse 6. But just to give you just a, a quick introduction so you understand um, what's going on, Hannah's married, but she is unable to conceive a child. And for her, you know, not having a son means she doesn't have the status. There is no guarantee that her family line will continue. And so this was a big, big deal for her. We'll read how it caused her an enormous amount of anxiety and pain. Huge weight she carried because she was unable to fall pregnant. And if you find yourself in that place right now where you're struggling to conceive, I just want you to know we are praying with you and we are praying for you. We believe in miracles. Amen. Verse 6. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. Year after year after year after year. We don't know how many years, but we do know it wasn't a few days, a few months. We know that it was years and years where Hannah would just feel the accusations of people close to her where she would cry out to God but never once does Hannah consider God silent how do I know that because she doesn't quit she goes back year after year after year at no point in her story does she give up the only time that we start to quit and give up is if we start to believe that God is silent God is not silent. You know, I just feel to remind some of you, you probably have that person, or perhaps it's a few people in your life that are just continually reminding you of your inadequacies. Always there to remind you of your weaknesses. And I want to encourage you, do not let those accusing voices bring you to a place where you stop listening to God's voice. Because at some point, you are going to have to learn how to silence those accusing voices. And you know what I'm talking about. It's day in, day in, day, night out. You know what I'm saying. It just feels like it's all the time, right? They're there just to remind you of why you're not enough, of why that will never happen for you. You have to learn to silence those voices so that you can hear his voice and he's the only voice that you want to hear I don't know if I could have been as gracious as Hannah you know when those people keep accusing you I just I have such a hard time but Hannah she doesn't retaliate nope all throughout the story to everyone who accuses her ridicules her she does what she shows grace humility and restraint why? Because she trusted that God saw, that God heard, and that it was all in God's hands. If you're holding on to things in your own strength, you're like, God, you know what? You're taking too long. So I'm going to figure this out in my own strength. Can I encourage you? Be like Hannah. Let it go. And say, you know what, God? This is in your hands. You deal with it. God, you work it out. Release it. Don't try and figure it out in your own strength. Verse 10, 
She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, I love that she acknowledges who God is. If you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli, Eli is the priest. He's in the house of the Lord. He's a church leader, if you like, observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved. Her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I love this. She answered with respect, even though a church leader has misunderstood her, misrepresenting her, she still chooses to honor and show respect. No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong, strong drink, but I've been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not re regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety. Wow. Hmm. Here we just catch a little glimpse into Hannah's prayer life. How she understood who God was straight away. Lord of hosts, King of kings, I acknowledge who you are. And she came before him and she poured out her soul before God. And even though she was misunderstood within the church context now, not just a rival outside poking accusation and having things, but right here in the church, she's being misunderstood. But she does not quit. She does not retaliate. And we get a glimpse into what I want to consider her intimate relationship with God. See, our prayer life and how we respond to those that accuse us really says a lot about how we see God. See, the minute you see him as silent is the minute that we start to let those accusing voices in and have a place and have authority in our life and we stop listening to his voice. God is not silent. God is not late. Amen. Verse 17. I love Eli's response. Go in peace. And the God of Israel, grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. And she went her way, ate, and her face was no longer sad. You know what? When you're in God's presence, your countenance changes. You can come into God's presence heavy and weary. But I tell you what, when you pray and when you have that quiet time with God, something lifts that heaviness, that burden, it begins to lift off our shoulders. If you're not in a custom with pouring out your heart to God, can I encourage you, do that and watch how things around you start to change. And then the story ends in due time. She, Verse 20, she bore a son. And I love this. She named him Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. Right from the beginning, Hannah acknowledges who God is in her life. She knows that even though her prayers are not being answered, she knows that God is the one who answers her prayers. And then she says, I'm going to call my son Samuel because I've asked of him from the Lord. And then right at the end, Hannah keeps her promise. Because what did she say? 
But she said, God, if you give me a son, I'm going to give him back to you. And that's exactly what she does. We read in verse 27 how she brings him um, and she says to Eli, this is a child I prayed for and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord. Isn't that awesome? I don't know as a mother whether I could have done that. And if you want to look more into the story of Samuel and who he becomes, but pretty much, here's Hannah, uh, can't have children, cries out, ask God for a child. God gives her one and she honors her promise and she takes him back to the house of God, back to the temple. And Samuel is raised by Eli and goes on to do incredible things. Well, may we all be a little bit more like Hannah. Amen. So what are some take-homes from this text? Just two things I want to share with you. Number one, do not waver and do not drift. Do not waver and do not drift. See, the, the danger is when we start to think or believe or perceive that God is silent, you know what we end up doing? We start drifting towards those louder voices. We start drifting towards um, perhaps even believing those accusations that have been said against us. And there are so many loud voices right now that are contrary to Scripture, that are contrary to God's voice. So can I encourage you, do not waver and do not drift. Because if this is where you're meant to be, that's where God planted you, that's where God called you. Just one little drift, another one, another one, takes us far away eventually from where we're supposed to be. When you perceive God to be silent, make a decision, I will not waver, I will not drift. The second thing that we can learn from Hannah is this, trust God to work out the details of your life. Trust God to work out the details of your life. When you feel like God's been slow and you feel like God's been late, do not then take matters into your own hands and say, well, I'm going to work things out in my own strength. No, trust God to work out the details of your life. You can trust his timing. Remember what we, the first scripture that we read, God is not late. He is not slow. He's not sleeping. He is perfectly on time. Amen. Do not waver and do not drift and trust God to work out the details of your life. I want to close with this and I'd love then the opportunity to pray over you. But when you don't know what God is saying, and sometimes we don't know what it is that God's saying, meditate on what he has already said. If you find yourself in a season in life where you do not know what God is saying, meditate on what he has already said. If you find yourself where you don't know what God is doing, celebrate what he has already done. When you don't know what he's saying, meditate on what he has already said. When you don't know what he is doing, celebrate what he has already done. Amen. Well, I trust this word has equipped you and encouraged you. And if you've come to church today with a sense of heaviness, with a sense of a burden, feeling like, God, I perceive you to be silent, then I pray that we'll be a little bit like Hannah and that we would not waver, we would not drift, and we would trust God with the details of our life. Amen. We love to give everyone at Exchange an opportunity to um, come back into a relationship with Jesus or perhaps to begin a relationship with Jesus for the very first time. That is the heart of God. That is the purpose of the church is to see every single person right restored 
right reconciled in a relationship with Jesus. Would you give me the, the honor and the opportunity to pray for you? If you've never prayed a simple prayer to ask Jesus into your heart, to ask for forgiveness, then pray this prayer after me. Or if you're honest with yourself, and perhaps you once did believe, but you started to see the fact, or you started to believe that God is silent and you've drifted a long way from that intimate relationship with Him. Today's your day to come back into that right relationship with Him. Pray this prayer after me. You're not praying it to me, but you're praying it to God. So pray with me. Dear God, today I come to you and I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart and make it your home. Forgive me of my sins and help me to live a life that honors you and pleases you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Awesome, awesome church. Scripture says that all of heaven is rejoicing right now because of one person or 10 people or a thousand people that have come into a relationship with Jesus. At Exchange, we don't just want you to have this moment with God, but we want you to experience the fullness of what he has for you. And so would you let us know if you prayed this prayer by emailing hello at exchangecc.com. We have a gift for you. We have um, some leaders who would love to connect with you and help disciple you so that you can be all that God has called you to be. Love you, church. Enjoy your Mother's Day, however your Mother's Day looks like in this season. Can't wait to um, gather in person. Like Mark said at the start, we are meeting weekly in the ministry center. When we meet in the ministry center, we have two services, one at 9 a.m. and one at 11 a.m. But we also like to gather outdoors for those of you who um, that's more in um, line with your health issues and so when we gather outdoors that's at 10 a.m but i know some of the slides will come up in a minute and so you'll get to see that love you god bless you see you next week